0: Welcome to the Buddha Sasana podcast. This talk was given by Biku Chintita in Chisago City, Minnesota. Last week we summarized the eight factors of the Noble Eightfold Path in our description of higher Buddhist training. Let me mention that one sutta adds two factors not generally found in the descriptions of the path and experienced only upon attaining awakening. The fully awakened one is also known by the Pali word arahant, literally a worthy one. These two additional factors are nine, right knowledge, and ten, right liberation. Right knowledge refers to the consummation of wisdom, a penetrating intuitive understanding of things as they really are. Right liberation is awakening. The reason these do not occur in the standard Eightfold Path, as certainly that these are products of the first eight factors, not so much practices in themselves, except for the Arahant, who abides in these, as well as in the other eight factors, but effortlessly, once his training has ended. The Noble Eightfold Path can be seen as perfecting three fundamental qualities of human character virtue serenity and wisdom perfected virtue is to be outwardly generous and harmless and inwardly incapable of being otherwise without greed or hatred but selfless manifesting a vast reserve of kindness and compassion Perfected serenity is to be perfectly clear and composed, unmoved by the contingencies of life and without bias toward whatever arises. Perfected wisdom is unbiased insight into how things really are that spans right view and right knowledge and blossoms into awakening. Let me say more about the role of ethics, morality, or virtue in the Noble Eightfold Path. Although the overarching trajectory of the Buddhist path, in contrast to the conventional Buddhist life, is toward penetrating insight into the world and mind, it is important to keep in mind in what way this practice of the path is still grounded fundamentally in virtue or ethics this is particularly apparent in the three of the eight folds that constitute the ethics group described last week moreover the ethics group is bookended by two factors from the wisdom and concentration groups that also relate directly to ethics These are Right Intention and Right Effort. Both of these have to do with upholding wholesome intentions right at the heart of purification of mind, already discussed in our series on Buddhist life. Right Intention is to understand and set the mind firmly in the direction of renunciation, kindness, and harmlessness the three classes of skillful thoughts. Right effort, as we'll see, is the continual process of cultivating skillful or wholesome intentions and of discouraging the unskillful or unwholesome. Although right intention belongs to the wisdom group of the path and right effort to the concentration group, right intention and right effort are also clearly directed above all Toward ethical conduct. This leaves but three folds one in the wisdom and two in the concentration groups, namely right view, right mindfulness, and right concentration. These are not so obviously about ethics and have an aspect that moves beyond virtue with the development of knowledge and vision and final awakening. Nonetheless, right view includes the teachings about virtue, for instance, in laying out the fruits of karma, the relationship of suffering to craving, and the matrix of interrelated mental factors that produce karmic actions. In addition, right mindfulness keeps us on task in all of the factors of ethics, for we must be mindful of our intentions and of the ever-ending, changing possibility of harm or benefit in order to behave ethically. Moreover, right mindfulness and right concentration together fulfill an additional function that applies the power of introspective investigation for the really deep purification of the mind that is necessary for perfection virtue. We discussed purification, in the series on Buddhist life, where we learn that in addition to practicing ethics at the level of speech and bodily action, we also practice virtue at the level of thought or intention by encouraging wholesome factors and discouraging unwholesome, for it's these that give rise to speech and bodily action. However, we did not learn Of a deeper level of practice that of remaking underlying dispositions the faulty mental factors that give rise to unwholesome thought or intention it's relatively easy to bring reckless driving or harsh speech under control it's much more difficult to bring the angry impulse Which seeks expression through road rage or harsh speech under control. It's much, much harder still to bring the disposition for anger that is triggered by certain kinds of circumstances under ultimate control. It's through mindfulness and concentration that we do just that, for these shine a spotlight on the most subtle mental processes, in ways we'll explore at the end of this series of talks. With the resolution of dispositions, we begin to see that there is a limit to the ethical perspective that is not a complete resolution of the woes of the world. Even when pure of intention, we nonetheless suffer. We suffer from sickness, from old age, from death, then still have lingering conceit and cling to the results of our intentions no matter how noble, and so we suffer again. Virtue is directed toward easing the pain of sangsara for self and others, but does not lead to release from the soap operatic drama of life altogether that, in fact, reveals itself with growing wisdom increasingly as a sham. And yet, complete transcendence of that drama is possible, as illustrated in the Buddha's awakening. It's striking that the deepening of ethical foundations, particularly in working deeply with purifying the mind, seems to take us almost all the way to final liberation. Yet the final breakthrough comes through a radical reworking of the cognitive mechanisms with which most of us are afflicted. Although the path shares with the Buddhist life an overriding concern with ethics, nevertheless, the concern with communal aspects of Buddhist life, for instance, the roles of monastics and lay people, or with social obligations, significantly shifts as we entered the path toward an emphasis on individual development and attainment. This is perhaps because the transcendent dimension of the teachings in general do not refer to interacting agents, but rather to interacting mental factors. There's consciousness, but now no cognizer, feeling, but no feeler, seeing, but no seer. Much as there is rain resulting from various conditions of temperature, pressure, and humidity, but no rainer. Although the trajectory of the path for the most part inclines toward the perfecting of ethics, the overarching or subsuming trajectory is toward awakening or nibbana, more precisely defined in terms. Of a cognitive breakthrough in knowledge and vision or in intuitive wisdom. Just as the river Ganges inclines toward the sea, slopes toward the sea, flows toward the sea, and extends all the way to the sea, so too Master Gotama's assembly, with its homeless ones and its householders inclines towards Nibbāna, slopes towards Nibbāna, flows towards Nibbāna, and extends all the way to Nibbāna. Finally today, I want to introduce briefly the stream enterer, the ideal trainee in the higher Buddhist training. Buddhism does not expect uniformity of practice among its members, as many religions do. In fact, Buddhism cannot expect such uniformity because its highest standards are extraordinarily high. Its benchmark is the rare attainment of complete awakening, which entails perfect purity in action and thought, Penetrating insight and imperturbable equanimity acquired through rigorous dedication to practice sustained over years or over lifetimes. Individually, we do what we can to make progress toward that goal, or do what we have the opportunity and inclination for, or what we are inspired to accomplish, Refuge and admirable friends stand behind our aspirations, as we saw in an earlier talk. Some of us jump exuberant off the diving board into the deep end, and some of us swim content with dog paddling. Many remain unclear about the Four Noble Truths and never fully embark on the path, but lead nonetheless virtuous lives within the frame of the understandings and practices that define the Buddhist life. Many enter the path rather tentatively, taking up meditation long before virtue is strong, while the mind is neither ready nor trusting. Still others have nearly perfect virtue, absolute trust in the sources of Buddhist wisdom, and an immediate grasp of the Four Noble Truths become firmly established on the path, and dedicate their lives to it. It's a matter of personal choice and opportunity. Stream entry, Sotapatti, is a kind of tipping point in our practice life in which the entire Buddhist path and what precedes it make complete sense and from which we can no longer regress. It completes The transition from mere Buddhist life to Buddhist path, for the stream Sotā is a synonym for the Noble Eightfold Path itself. The Buddhist speaking Sāriputta, the stream, the stream. Thus it is said, and what Sāriputta is the stream? This Noble Eightfold Path, Lord, is the stream, Right View right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, right mindfulness, right concentration. Very good, Sariputta, very good. This Noble Eightfold Path, right view, right intention, right speech, right action, right livelihood, right effort, Right mindfulness, right 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 concentration, is is the stream. Now, any one of us can take up the Noble Eightfold Path or some part of it. However, until we reach stream entry, we are not fully in possession of it and easily wander off the path. It's a bit like taking night classes for many years at a local college interested, but with no degree in sight, rather than being fully on a course of training in a degree program with a recognizable outcome. For stream entry is an attainment that allows us to see the entire path ahead. The one who has accomplished stream entry is the stream sota Sotapanna. We also call one of such are higher attainment a noble one, as in the noble eightfold path. For noble ones fully possess the path, whereby the rest of us are worldlings. Similarly, a noble one who has entered the stream is also called a trainee, seika, for that one is training fully in accordance with the path. Although the term noble applies also to those of higher attainments beyond stream entry, including Arahant, the term trainee ceases to apply to Arahants who have completed their training and are therefore known as ex-trainees, Aseika. The stream enter is also a candidate for admirable friend, who will serve as a guide for embarking on the path. We do well to get to know her and to try to emulate her as we plod the path. The stream enterer is personally fully possessed of all of the qualities necessary for establishing herself firmly on the path, and who therefore provides a role model for our practice. The stream enterer, has made great progress in mastering the common practices and understanding, and has an absolute conviction in the efficacy of the path, and through possession of what is known as the vision of Dhamma, has already reached the first level of awakening. She is someone who has not only embarked on the path, but knows where it leads. As if upon reaching the trailhead and proceeding some distance, after which the path makes a turn and disappears into the trees and underbrush, she had been able to scale a tree and to see the entire path from on high, to observe for herself whither it winds, and had found its terminus to be even more beautiful than she had anticipated. To get more precise, stream entry is often described in two stages, path and fruit. The path of stream entry is the training that directly results in stream entry. Please don't confuse the path of stream entry with the Noble Eightfold Path. To be on the path of stream entry is generally described as guaranteeing the fruit of stream entry in this very life. The fruit of stream entry is stream entry per se, and the simple term stream entry will refer to the fruit in these talks, unless otherwise stated. We'll stop here for today. Next week, we'll talk about how one becomes a stream enter and summarize the path of higher training.